Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. I'm reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 5. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Before she should travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who have heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? Saith the Lord, shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All ye that love her, rejoice for joy with her. All ye that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolation, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. I'd like to talk to you for a little while on the subject, travailing for souls. There's probably no greater natural miracle than the miracle of physical birth. How a little baby can come forth from the womb and you cannot explain the feeling of seeing that little baby, your own child, for the first time. I remember all eight of mine when they was born, the feeling that I had that came over me. The only miracle that is greater is the supernatural miracle of the spiritual birth. That's even a greater miracle than that of the physical. To see a lost soul. I'm talking about somebody that's bound by the habits of life. Somebody that's went to the bottom. Or even a good moral person. Come and be saved and born of the Spirit of God and have their life changed where they're no longer the same person. So the church is giving birth to the lost is likened to a woman giving birth to her child. Paul said one time in the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter and verse number 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Paul had already travailed for them. He was able to see them come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ they had been born again, but now he wanted to see more. He wanted to see them become established in the things of God. He didn't want them to remain immature and babies. So once again, he was 
travailing for them. Soul travail is that impassioned, deep level of intercession, prayer that affects the spiritual atmosphere so that the lost can hear the gospel, repent of their sins, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We literally push back the blinding, oppressing power of the enemy so that the gospel can penetrate the heart. Effective soul winning can never be done unless we, as the people of God, have a soul burden. Unless we, as the people of God, truly travail for those souls. I'm talking about anguish, true weeping for the souls we must first pray with a burdened heart. We must travail in giving birth to the lost as a woman does giving birth to her child. As soon, the Bible says, as soon as Zion travailed or had birth pains, she brought forth her children. So if there's no pain, there's no gain. When a lady goes into labor, if there's no pain, she's not making progress. But when there's labor and travail, that woman is making progress. And so it is with us as the church. Friend, there's never been a birth without pain. Bible says in Genesis 3 and verse number 16, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. You and I would not be here unless our mother had not gone through some pain and discomfort and sorrow. There's never been a person born into the kingdom of God that it didn't cost somebody some pain, some discomfort, some sorrow, some tears, some prayer, some worry, and some witnessing. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Think of the pain of the Father that gave his only begotten Son. Think what the Son went through in order for you to have a spiritual birth. Not talking about the church. The church prayed for you. You're saved because somebody carried a burden for you. Somebody travailed for your soul. That's why you're saved. And so we, as the mother, that's who we are, according to the word of God, we are the mother, and we as the mother must travail for souls. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought four children. So if we, if we travail, we give birth. Psalms 126 Verse number three, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth 
weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I say, friend, there's no greater natural joy in this world than to have a newborn baby in your arms. But one of the greatest joys in my ministry has been sharing the birth of a baby with a family. To see the joy that a little baby brings to the family. How it changes things. It changes the mother. It changes the father. But oh, the greatest joy, the greatest happiness is to see somebody get saved. Oh, it's so wonderful to see someone that's darkened by sin and downcast and don't think that life is worth living. Oh, I've witnessed it time and time again when people really get the goods and really get saved and really repent and really return from them. They get up and their faces lightened up. Isn't that amazing? Oh, thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for a born-again experience that we can enjoy in this life. So, spiritual birth brings joy upon the earth. It brings joy in heaven. Yes, the scripture that we just quoted a while ago, out of Psalms 126, he said, they that sow in tears shall reap in He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, what? With rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, and verse number six, and when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors and says, come, come and rejoice with me because I've found my sheep. That was lost. There's rejoicing when a lost soul comes home. Amen. Luke 15, 10, likewise, I say there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Amen. There's joy. The joy of a newborn caused you to forget the pain and the discomfort and the sorrow. Oh, you might have been in labor for hours and hours and in pain. The Bible tells me in the book of John, the 16th chapter and verse number 21, a woman, when she hath travail, hath sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she's delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish. For the joy of man is born in the world. Friend, I know what I'm talking about. I was there in the hospital when some of my daughters were in labor and would go in the room. I saw the look on her face. I remember seeing the look on my wife's face when she was travailing in birth. But oh, when the the baby comes, uh, what a smile. What a difference when the baby's there. The joy of seeing a lost soul will cause you to forget the pain, the discomfort, the sorrow that was involved and giving birth to that person in the kingdom of God. Amen. The only time that a mother gives milk is after she's given birth. And our text talks about that, doesn't it? The church can only satisfy if it's given birth. Amen. The baby 
is secure. Oh, the comfort and the peace when the baby's in the arms of the mother. Amen. When there's no growing or sustaining revival without travailing prayer. So travail is even wider application. There are many exciting historical accounts of revival that happened because people were moved to pray and travail for souls. And all the great revivals that we can read about in the history of the church, it began when the saints travailed in prayer. Now there are many great messages in the Bible. A lot of people talk about Jesus' message. Oh, it's a wonderful message, isn't it? People talk about the Sermon on the Mount. What a great sermon. And all the sermons in the Bible, they're wonderful. But probably the greatest sermon that's talked about outside of that is a sermon that Jonathan Edwards preached one time. He preached on the subject sinners in the hands of an angry God. And everybody talks about that sermon. What a powerful, mighty sermon that he preached. How God poured out his spirit. God so manifested his holiness and his power and his majesty during the preaching of that sermon that they said even the elders threw their arms around the pillars of the church and cried out and said, Lord, save us because we're slipping down into hell. It was a powerful, powerful sermon that Jonathan Edwards preached. It was anointed by the Holy Ghost. God came down in that place. But there's other things, something else people don't talk a lot about. What paved the way for such a move of the Holy Spirit? Travail. See, the part that we haven't read, a lot of people don't know about, the whole congregation of the church was in fervent prayer all the previous night. That's what brought down the power of God. It wasn't just Jonathan Edwards. He was a great man. But it just wasn't Jonathan Edwards. It was the travail of the church the night before. When we look in history, we see some men and women of God who successfully brought souls into the salvation experience through prayer, through travail. Revival broke out. I'm aware of the unsung heroes that was travailing behind the scenes in secret for souls to be saved. And although those of you who travail in prayer, you aren't looking for recognition or rewards, God's people that pray in secret, they're not looking to be recognized. They're not looking for rewards in this earth. But I still want to say the Lord has eternal rewards reserved for those prayer warriors who travail for souls to be saved. There was fervent prayer in the upper room. We talk about the message on the day of Pentecost and how 3,000 people got saved. Oh, what a sermon he preached. But we forget about the travail that took place in the upper room. Without the travail, they wouldn't have had the souls. In fact, that's really what our text is talking about. A nation 
was born in a day. Amen. I say, my friend, the Bible lets us know on the day of Pentecost, God heard and answered prayer. 3,000 souls were ready to confess faith in Christ, repent, and be baptized. Shall we never see such things again? Has God's arms been shortened that he cannot say, no, thank God, he's still on the throne. He's still got the same power that he did on the day of Pentecost. I still believe we can have a great outpouring of God's spirit. Now, several of our children, we had a midwife to come, our first child, different ones. We had a midwife. A midwife, don't associate your pain with the environment because the environment that you're in is what you need in order to bring forth a healthy baby. Everything you need, the midwife says, is right here in this place, your greatest pain. And today I say the same thing to the church who are going through and feel like I just can't make it. I just can't go on. I'm not seeing any results. Don't associate your pain with the environment. Don't allow Satan to trick you to leaving your proper place of travail and delivery. The midwife often says, cry out, travail, birth it out. That's good. You're making progress. Cry it out, travail, birth it out. You must understand Zion is God's church. It has a womb that's impregnated with the purpose and the plan of God. God wants to execute in the earth. Therefore, God is calling upon Zion that'll cry out and travail to see souls saved. God is listening for a sound coming from Zion. He's listening for the church to cry out, to travail till souls are born in the kingdom of God. Oh, if there was a cry, if there was a travail, if there was a wailing coming out of Zion, I still believe souls would be saved. Listen to me. Crying is an indication of travail and travail signifies there will be a birthing out. As it relates to prayer, crying brings an intensity that gets God's attention. And as you continue to cry out in the spirit, it elevates in the spirit and brings forth travail. You know how my kids can get my attention? You know how my grandchildren can get my attention? If they cry. And they know that too. They can get my attention. Travail is the place in prayer where you labor in the spirit to position yourself to release that that God has placed within your spirit. I'm talking about something that's intense. I'm talking about something, it's a place of positioning in order to bring forth. It's burning out. It's the time after crying and travailing that God allows you to bring forth through prayer in the spirit what he's placed in your spirit. So I say to the body of Christ, 
It's time for us as Zion. It's time for us as the church to travail and birth out what God has been allowing you to carry. And when you pray, especially during intercession, you're sowing seeds of intimacy with God. And the Bible says, listen, listen, the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you invest quality time with God by conceiving the seed of his word, you'll be able to operate from a higher level or dimension. And if you, my friend, if you'll only do this, great things will happen and you'll experience God's supernatural power in your life as never before. There will be comfort, peace, and contentment within the church when it gives birth. Do you know what we need? We need wrestlers with God. Need some people that's willing to wrestle. Are you willing to wrestle a little bit? We need to become like Jacob. Say, God, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm not turning loose. I'm going to wrestle with you, God. Oh, God, I'm going to labor right here. I'm going to hold on right here. I'm going to labor right here in the spirit. I need to see souls saved. I need to see my wife saved. I want to see my husband saved. I want to see my children saved. I want to see my, my grandchildren saved. I want that wayward son to come home. I want my wayward daughter to come home. Lord, I'm, I'm right here. And don't look for me to go anywhere. I want you to bless me with souls. The lost are dying. Going to hell, Lord. They need delivered. I'm going to wrestle with you, God, until I see these saved. We're boiling the water. We're sterilizing the instruments. We're getting ready to give birth as the church. But my question is, are we really willing to endure the birth pains as the church? Are we? Are we willing to endure the birth pains? Will we? Give birth? Will we? Will we give birth? Or are we going to have a spiritual abortion? Or will we be like the one that we read about in the Word of God? It came time for deliverance. It came right down time for the birth. But the mother didn't have strength to bring forth. If we can be satisfied without conversions, we'll have no conversions. Are we satisfied to go on without conversions? A church must either be fruitful or rot. And all things in a rotting church is the most offensive to God. That's what it was with the church of Laodicea. How about it? Have you been travailing as the Bible talks about? Travail is something more than just a prayer that we go through. Intercession is something more than just a little prayer that we pray. I'm talking about sometimes it's not even words. As the Bible says, it's groanings which cannot be uttered. But we know what we're talking about. And God knows what we're talking about. And we're not jibber-jabbering. It's groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you been doing that? Do you have a travail in your heart? Amen. 
Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.